morning. Today we continue with our series on So Great a Cloud of Witnesses, part two. How many of us were at church camp? Put up your hands. Very good. I don't have to ask how many of us weren't there. But the church camp uh, retreat, the re uh, messages are already uploaded uh, on the uh, church website. Please go in and uh, download and have a listen. I hope uh, those who uh, have gone for the church retreat have been refreshed like uh, I did. It was an interesting approach to the book of Daniel. Because when we mention Daniel, we often think about prophecies and so on and so forth. But uh, it was very practical uh, messages on how to witness uh, with courageous faith uh, for our day and age now. Yeah, so uh, go and have a listen. And uh, the theme was on uh, witnessing with courageous faith. And the song just now we sang, uh, it's uh, actually written by our own church. Uh, yeah, give me courage, right? And it is not just the theme song for the retreat. It is actually also the theme song uh, for our month of uh, June. And um, yeah, why do we do that? Because we want all of us to be witnessing with courageous faith. And uh, because we are not ashamed of the gospel. The great witness that we are going to consider today is Wang Mingtao. Who is Wang Mingtao? Wang Mingtao is actually, he didn't live very, very long ago, you know. Uh, Wang Mingtao uh, lived from 1900, very easy to remember how old he was, until 1997, uh, 1991. Uh, he was a prominent Christian pastor and leader known for his significant contributions to the development of Christianity in China this century. Uh, if you look at the photo, uh, the one in the center is uh, Wang Mingtao. The one on his left is Mrs. Wang. You know who's that young man? Look like me. No? Don't look like me, right? This picture was taken in 1988. You want to guess who is it? Pastor Samuel Ng, our Chinese pastor. Pastor Samuel visited Wang Mingtao three years before he died. Three years before Wang Mingtao died. And uh, Wang Mingtao played a crucial role in the Chinese house church movement, which emerged in the mid-20th century as an alternative to the state-controlled Protestant three-self patriotic movement. And that is why Pastor Samuel Ng made his trip all the way and looked for Wang Mingtao just to take this photo, just to visit this faithful servant of God. Wang Mingtao was born on Christmas Day, 1900, in Beijing, China. He grew up in a Christian family, was influenced by his father, also a pastor. Wang Mingtao himself converted to Christianity at the age of 15 and later attended seminary in Beijing. In his early years of ministry, Wang Mingtao was involved in various evangelistic and pastoral activities. He founded several churches and preached throughout China, gaining a reputation for his powerful sermons and uncompromising faith. However, during the 15, uh, 1950s, 
the Chinese government launched a campaign to suppress religious activities, including Christianity. As a result, Wang Mingtao and many other Christians faced persecution and pressure to conform to the government's control over religious institutions. Wang Mingtao became a prominent figure in the Chinese house church movement, which emphasized independent, underground, and non-state-sanctioned Christian gatherings. He advocated for the freedom of conscience and the separation of church and state. Despite facing imprisonment and harsh treatment, he refused to compromise his faith and remained steadfast in his beliefs. Of course, as you have heard in Pastor Isaac's video, it wasn't all the way. At one point, he retracted because he feared the life that he was uh, because he feared that his long imprisonment would cause him to die in prison. And he was worried about his wife's well-being. And so he retracted. So he came out, he was released because of that and saw his wife. But soon after that, he repented. He, his conscience wasn't clear. right? So he repented and then he went back into the prison and served many years in the prison. 1958, Wang Mingtao was arrested and sentenced to hard labour in a labour camp where he endured several years of persecution and hardship. He was released in 1979 following the end of the Cultural Revolution and continued his ministry until his death in July, on July 28, 1991. Just some 12 years back. Wang Mingtao's legacy as a faithful Christian leader and advocate for religious freedom in China remains influential. Today, if you visit China, you visit, there are two kinds of church. There's the three self church and also there's the house church. Okay, so if you visit house church, that is his legacy. His writings included his own biography, The Cross and the Bamboo Curtain, have inspired and encouraged many Christians both in China and around the world. He is regarded as a symbol of resilience and unwavering faith in the face of persecution. He was one who was not ashamed of the gospel. He was one who stood for Christ even if, even if he was thrown in prison. Let us pray together. Father God, we pray today that as we open your word, you speak to us so that we will not be ashamed of the gospel. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Passage taken from Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 reads like this. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. First point I want to share with us is the power of the gospel. Today, we will be considering the gospel. We are not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. 
power of God is translated from the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis is mostly, most commonly translated to power. It is where we get our English word dynamite. So if you think about it, think about the explosive power of dynamite. The gospel is more explosive and more powerful than the most powerful atom bomb. It refers to God's power, miracles, ability, strength, miraculous power, etc. The all-powerful God could have used His power to wipe out mankind from the face of the earth, just like in the days of Noah when he looks at our sin. Why did God destroy mankind in the days of Noah? It was because sin was so great. It was so great that God had to wipe out the whole of mankind, save Noah. He could have done that once again. He could have revealed his power against sin in any way that he wanted. And nobody can stop him. Nobody can stand in his way because he is God. He is all-powerful God, the omnipotent God. Instead of wiping mankind from the face of the earth, instead of judging us and destroying us, what did he do? Instead of destroying us, He saved us by giving us His gospel. Why is the gospel so powerful? Why is the testimony of an ex-convict or ex-offender, an ex-drug addict so powerful? Why? Because they have the gospel of God and they live changed lives. Not perfect, because many of them still fall again. But it shows us, the gospel shows us the power of God. We look at our own lives, our own conversion story, our own encounter with the gospel, and don't belittle it, because it is also very powerful. Every time someone comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Saviour, it is a miracle. It is the power of God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is the gospel so powerful? God takes a lost sinner, saves him by His grace, and makes him a new creation. And not just that. This new creation is to bear that gospel and share that gospel with others so that others will, who are lost can become a new creation. And it is not by our power. And that is why the gospel is so powerful. Every time someone comes to know Christ, it shows the power of God. One of the things I was reminded from the retreat is that when we pray, we appeal to God's mercy. We don't appeal to our good deeds. We don't, do, we don't appeal to God what we deserve. God, because I've done this for you, therefore, you know, you, you have to return the favour. If God were to look at and listen to your prayers and return you the favour, 
Friends, I cannot speak for you. I speak for myself. What do I deserve? I am a sinner. I deserve no mercy. I deserve hell. That is me. What about you? Sinners like me deserve hell. But God instead chose to love me and sent His Son to die on the cross for my sins. And now He sends all of us as powerful witnesses bearing the gospel for Him. Talking about the gospel, we must be careful that we believe in the right gospel. We must believe in the gospel of Christ as contained in the Bible. Because today, today, in our day and age, there are many gospels. There is the gospel of prosperity that says God wants to bless you. There is the gospel of health. God wants to heal you. There is the gospel of religion that says God wants to change you to be a better person. There's the gospel of materialism that says your worth is determined by what you have. Make all that you can. The gospel, according to the Bible, on the other hand says this, you are a sinner. The wages of sin is spiritual death and eternal separation from God. Sinners are going to be burned in hell. However, God loves you and sent His Son Jesus Christ into the world. Christ died for you, rose again from the dead, and He will come back for you. If you place your faith in Him, then you can and you will be eternally safe. Which gospel are we believing in today? If you believe in the gospel of prosperity, you come to church, God bless you, you get rich, that is the end. That's it. You really achieve what you came for. If your gospel is health, you go for miraculous healing, you are healed, you, cannot, you came on a wheelchair, you walk out. That's that. Is that what you are looking for? Trust in the all-powerful gospel of Christ and do not be ashamed of it. When we share the gospel, make sure you share the right gospel. First, we must believe the right gospel, the gospel of Christ. Live it, believe it, live it, and share it in our daily lives. Secondly, the purpose of the gospel. Same verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. That is the purpose of the gospel. That is the purpose of the church. Why do we do balloon sculpturing? Why do we screen movie? Hey, we're not community club. Eh? We do all that for the gospel. For the gospel. Why do we do line dancing? We are not community club. We do all this for the gospel's sake, with the gospel in mind. The purpose of the gospel, 
the purpose of the church is that it brings salvation. God's purpose in giving the gospel message is salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is a very important word. It means safety. It means preservation. It means deliverance. God's desire to rescue us from spiritual harm and danger. To deliver us from spiritual death. Rescue us from the fire of hell, which is the wages of sinners like you and me. God's purpose in giving the gospel is to change our eternal destination. We were sliding down towards hell. But God saved us. And not just our eternal destination, but also our life here as well. I truly enjoy being saved. I'm grateful to the Lord that He gave me an undeserving salvation. I am safe in Him. And I'm saved as long as He lives. So in this life, I don't have to be anxious. In this life, I can serve Him with open palms. I don't have to control. Because He's in control. Come what may in this life, we don't have to be anxious. And also, in the life to come, we are sure. We are sure of our salvation. We are sure that God loves us. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. The Apostle Paul asked this question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, the apostles, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. This is the even if faith. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the things present nor the future, nor in, or any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in, the, in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. And nothing can separate you from God's gospel and your salvation. And because of that, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I hope you are not too. Thirdly, the plan. The plan of the gospel. What is the plan? For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. That is the plan. The gospel message, God's message of salvation is to everyone who believes. This is no mean feat. To everyone, everyone who believes. As long as you believe, you are part of the everyone. Salvation is through faith alone. And we are saved by believing. We are not saved by doing deeds of good works. It does not involve complicated rituals. It does not involve religious exercises. This is where many of us trip ourselves over. 
because we want to work for our salvation. To everyone who believes. Not to everyone who works. We sinners only have to believe the gospel and trust Jesus Christ who died for our sins. That means to say going to church doesn't save you. That means to say being baptised doesn't save you. That means to say serving God doesn't save you. Going to mission trip doesn't save you. Giving a lot of money to God doesn't save you. Does that surprise you? Being moral doesn't save you. Praying like pastor doesn't save you. These are things that are important, but they don't save us. Only the gospel saves us. Putting your trust in Jesus alone saves you. And after trusting Jesus for your salvation, then you work out your salvation. There's a difference between working for your salvation and working out your salvation. We do not work for our salvation, but we work out our salvation after you are saved. I'm thankful that the gospel is free. I'm thankful that the gospel is easy to understand. You just need to believe. But sometimes perhaps it is too, too free and too easy that it is unbelievable. Right? What are you trusting today? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Must we add to the gospel when we share the gospel so that it becomes more, more easier for others to swallow? Or do we share the pure gospel? My friends, do not be ashamed of the pure gospel. Fourthly, the pledge of the gospel. The pledge of the gospel is that everyone can be saved by God's grace. This gospel is for everyone, every single person in the world. The verse says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Everyone, the Jews and the Gentile. God first gave the gospel to the Jews, then to the Greek and Gentiles. Some people overthink this phrase. This is a reference to time. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. It is not a statement of priority. It is a reference to time. Let me explain. In the Old Testament and during the time of Jesus, the Jews were the first to encounter the gospel, isn't it? First to the Jews. They rejected the gospel and then God scattered the disciples who obeying the Great Commission brought the gospel to the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. Not that God loved the Jews more than the Gentiles. It is not a statement of priority. God's pledge is that the gospel is for everyone regardless of your race, your social standing, your education, your ability, even your wickedness. Therefore, salvation is available to everyone on the face of the earth. We should not be ashamed of the gospel, but share the gospel 
with everyone, whether Jew or Gentile. Fifthly, and lastly, the product of the gospel, found in the next verse, verse 17. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The product of the gospel in the life of the believer is righteousness. The gospel reveals the righteousness of God. God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. And because we are not righteous, because we are not holy, we cannot be with Him. God, through the gospel, makes us righteous by faith. God makes us righteous by faith. How? By imputing the righteousness of Christ on us. When Christ died on the cross, He didn't die for His own sin because He was perfect. He died for your sin and my sin. And if we believe that He died for our sin, we have imputed righteousness. We are now clothed with the garment of Christ. So when God looks at us, He looks at the righteousness of Christ, imputed righteousness. And we, the righteous, live by faith. We continue to live by faith. Trusting in Jesus. Sharing the gospel and leaving the results to Jesus. Living by faith. Sharing the gospel by faith. Wang Ming Tao wasn't a perfect witness, but he was a great witness. He fell. Just like us. We are witnesses. From time to time, we fall. Friends, the world, your loved ones and your friends looking at you, do not expect to see a perfect witness. They need to see Someone who is a sinner, saved by grace, journeying onward to be Christ-like. So when you fall, they are reasonable. They are reasonable. They need to see how in humility you confess your sin, you say sorry, and you repent, and you continue with that journey. I'm not the perfect father. Today, Father's Day. Eh? I'm not the perfect father. But I hope my children will say that I'm a good enough model of the Heavenly Father. You get the point? We are not called to be perfect witnesses. We don't have to have it all together. Or why young and put up a front that they look at us and say, hey, wow, this is how a Christian ought to be like. 
You think that that is effective? They will tell you. The church is only for holy people. The church is for perfect people. The church is not for sinners like me because I will feel out of place. Friends, we need to witness authentically. Even when we fall, we must have the humility to say, sorry, I messed up. Admit it. When we spank our kids in anger, fathers, do we do that? Maybe you don't, I do. When they were young. Now cannot beat them. Uh, because they are all adults. <laughs> there were times I was angry. What do I do? Apologize to them. Sorry. Sorry I took it out on you. Pray with them. They need to see authentic lives, authentic witnesses being lived out. So friends, the product of the gospel is our righteousness. But we are not there yet. We need to be authentic. We human beings have a big problem, a very, very big problem. We think that we are righteous. We think that we are always right. And we are righteous. That is what righteous means, right? And we are acceptable to God. You see, nowadays, uh, you drive on the road, you see a lot of righteous people. Right or not? <laughs> a lot of righteous people, right? They think that they are policemen. Okay, for example, okay, for example, the right lane is for overtaking. But there are people who drive on the right lane. Uh, speed limit 90, they go at 90, they say, I correct, man. I correct. I righteous. You, you shouldn't be speeding. Okay? That is one group of people. The other group of people, maybe in emergency or driving faster for whatever reason, I shall not say. Coming from behind, on the right lane, they expect people to give way, right? Because the right lane is for overtaking. And what do they say? I'm faster than you. You keep left. Everyone is righteous. But I tell you, a lot of time, we are not just righteous. We are self-righteous. We think that we are right. And we think that we are always right. And that is the truth that hurts. The truth that hurts is this. I am not righteous. I am a sinner. I cannot produce righteousness by my self-will. I cannot produce righteousness by my own works. It takes humility to confess that I am a sinner and I need God to save me. When faith is placed in the gospel message and when we believe Jesus in our hearts, God takes the sinner and declares him righteous. That is where you are truly righteous, when God declares you righteous, not when we declare ourselves righteous. When you do that, you experience peace with God. You experience acceptance by God. You experience a right relationship with God. And all these are given to the believer when we accept 
the gospel message. The righteous will live by faith. Faith is the only way of life for the child of God. That is a message worth sharing. I am not ashamed of the gospel. We have been given a gospel worth believing. We have been given, given a gospel that is worth sharing. The question as we bring all these thoughts together are this. Number one, are you trusting in the gospel of Christ for salvation? Number two, are you willing to suffer for the gospel's sake? Number three, will you continue to trust the gospel even if you are persecuted and suffer? Number four, are you sharing the gospel like Apostle Paul and Wang Ming Tao did? If not, are you ashamed of the gospel? The same message that was able to save then can save now. The same power that worked in Paul's day, in Wang Ming Tao's day, is still working today. All we need to do is to see the gospel work in power and to believe it, trust in faith, and to share it in faith courageously. When we do this, God will do the rest. Are you ashamed of the gospel? If not, then we all ought to be witnessing with courageous faith. Let us pray together. Spend some time with the Lord. Ask God for courage to witness courageously for Him. And at the appropriate time, I will close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your gospel. Gospel that is so powerful, yet so loving. Lord, we confess at times we have failed you. We have failed to share and witness to others because we are fearful of our relationships with them that we will break it or sour it. But Lord, help us to love them. Help us to love them with your gospel. Give us courage to share your gospel lovingly. And we pray that we won't be self-righteous. We pray that you help us to bear your gospel well. Not perfect, but well. So Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your love for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was preparing this message, a song came to mind. I will read for us the chorus and it reads like this. The song is Nobody by Casting Crowns. I'm just a nobody, 
trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. The worship team will minister to us once and then after that we will respond together. God bless you.